0: All right, Breaking Bad. What's Breaking Bad all about? Let me throw this out here, first of all, because let me say, I've never heard of Breaking Bad in my life. Let me go watch. The church is talking about Breaking Bad. I should go watch this series. No. No. You know how Jesus used all kinds of stories? He didn't endorse. He endorsed beating people up like the Good Samaritan. He didn't endorse all that stuff. He just told stories about things that were going on. So we want to use something that's really popular, the highest rated show in TV history in the Guinness Book of World Records, Breaking Bad. We want to use this because it's a great backdrop. So here's the deal. And you can read this on, you don't have to watch the show. You can pull all this stuff right offline. What's Breaking Bad all about? Here's what it's about. This guy named Walter White is a brilliant chemist. Guy is a brilliant chemist, all right? He's seriously underemployed as a high school chemistry teacher. If you're a high school chemistry teacher, I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just telling you about the story, all right? So seriously underemployed. And he is diagnosed with lung cancer and he's going to die. Now, he had founded a company. He had founded a company with some friends of his, and he broke away from that. What other personal stuff went on? His friends are now billionaires. Like, he named the company. This guy is brilliant. He named the company, founded with them, broke away. They're billionaires, and he's barely getting by his wife is pregnant, he's got a teenage son, he's got all this stuff going on. And he makes a decision when he's diagnosed with lung cancer that he's going to keep it to himself and he's going to use his uber skills as a chemist to make a bunch of money before he dies so that his wife and kids and family and everything aren't in a complete mess afterwards. He trusts, notice this, he trusts completely in himself. Now when the story begins, he's very short on money And he's got this terrible medical condition, right? And his future is bleak. We got that. But here's what he did have. He had awesome relationships. He had this great marriage, great family, great extended family. Things relationally were going well. And as he begins to trust in himself and he goes into this really dark world becoming a crystal meth cook and he makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, when you get to the end of the story and he's made all those millions of dollars... All of his relationships are gone. His wife's divorced him. His son hates him. His brother-in-law is dead because of him. So he just messes all these relationships up. And here's the thing. Because he trusted in himself. He didn't even tell his family. He didn't bring anybody else into it. And he surely didn't trust in God. Trust. Here's my question to you as we begin this whole series. Who are you going to trust with your romantic relationships? Who are you going to trust with your most important relationships based on love? Who will you trust with that? Will you trust yourself? Will you trust somebody else? Will you trust movies to inform you about that? Who will you trust? God has a lot to say about love. He's got a lot to say about romance. I've chosen the book of Ruth. I want to read. I got five verses here for you. I'm only going to read the first verse. It is one of the most well-known love stories, romance stories in all of the Bible. And verse number one of chapter one sets up the entire story. Like You know everything about where it's going if you just understand what verse number one says because it sets everything up for you. So let's read it. This is what it says in the days when the judges ruled there was a famine in the land now i'm gonna stop you right there this is what was told to abraham when he first went into the land he said abraham what if you don't don't leave the land go to the land don't leave the land what's the first thing abraham did he gets to the land and a famine breaks down land and he leaves so there's the backdrop now here you got this guy and there's a famine in the land what's he going to do all right. So there's a famine. In that. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live. Went to live for a while in the country of Moab. That's verse number one, right there. If you understand context of the Bible, you understand the story of the Bible. You know what's going on. You understand we have an issue. Let me tell you what the word Moab means in the Hebrew. Mo means who. Ab means father or daddy. So, what is that being said right in the beginning? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? That's what's being asked. Who's your daddy? And what does who's your daddy mean? Who's your daddy? Mean? Who are you going to trust? Where are you going to put your trust in? So, in your romantic relationships, your loving relationships, here's the question to start this whole series. Here's what to think about. Who's your daddy? Who are you going to trust? Who you going to trust most? Now, I need you to get your cell phones out. Parker's going to come and explain this to us. Get your cell phones out. We need this is going to, involvement. We're going to have some texting going on. Uh, listen closely to what Brian says, because he's going to describe to you what you do. We have some polls that we want you to take. Go ahead, Brian.
1: I just want to note, first of all, that the church I grew up in never would have told you to take your cell phone out. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we've got a couple quick polls. This is going to be live polling. So what I want you to do is, Open up your messaging app or whatever you have if you have a flip phone. Um, type flip two phone 22333. Th- three, three. That's the number you're, you're texting to. And you're going to type in drama and hit send. And you're going to, in about five seconds, receive something saying you've been signed up for the poll. And then we're going to take some fun questions. So text 22333. Two, three, three. Text drama to 22333. Three, three. And in a couple seconds, you should have a, you are now joined to the poll. You got it? We got it? All right. Okay. Let John take it away. We, and after this, you're going to have just A, B, C, D, E, F options. So all you have to do is hit A, B, C, and send or whichever. Everybody answers. got
0: it. We know you're smart. So we're not going to belabor this point. We know you know how to text and you're very proficient with your phone. So here we go. We got four quiz questions for you. We know, I mean, it's awesome. We get to stand up here every week. You guys are so well-informed and hip. So we're going to find out how much you know about love. So the first thing we're going to do, we're actually ask you a question about trust. So here we go. All right. The most trusted person in America is A, O. Oprah B. President Obama, C. Beyoncé, D. Tom Hanks, E. Warren Buffett. And we're going to show you live results. So there you go. You see here, they're coming in. Okay? Go ahead. huh <laughs> Beautiful. Keep going. Keep it going. Faster fingers, everybody. huh Woo! Who thinks Oprah's winning the race? Oprah, Warren Buffett. Let's go. We're going to give you 10 more seconds. 10 more seconds. Come on, come on. Who, whose horse are you picking? Huh? President's got a little bit going. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Oprah. Is Oprah the most... Who said Oprah? Come on, raise your hand high. Oprah is the most trusted person in the United States of America. Okay, Lauren, show us who is the most trusted person. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the most trusted person in the United States of America. Arlington County's very own Sandra Bullock. Okay. A little racy photo. I know who chose that photo for her. Okay. It's a little, it's a little racy, sorry. It's breaking bad Sunday. Okay. All right. Is number two, WNL's very own. Sandra Bullock's number two. And number three is Denzel Watt. There's your top three most trusted people in the United States of America. Okay, let's go. Next poll. Here we go. All right. Our next question is this. Give a second. We're pulling up. Where is the best place to find love? A bar. Oh, wow. Whoa. 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 Oh, man. Okay. There you go. A bar, work, church, online, a blind date. Come on. Come on. We gave you 20 seconds to do this. Come on. All right. 10, 9, 8. Come on. Get it. it's, a, it's about a 15-second lag from the time when you put it in. So give it a couple more seconds. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right. We'll cut it off. All right. Um, you guys, I didn't think you'd get it. You're very, very smart. Uh, who, <laughs> the number one place to find love in America is a church is a church. The number one place to find love in America is a church. I just want to say something about this uh, real quick because, you know, sometimes when we try to do events to help people get connected, like singles events, there's a little bit of a pushback. You know what? I've gotten so frustrated with this thing, all right? with Because I've had... Gosh, man, I've had singles yell at me. I've had them cry at me. I've had everything going on. We just need to be right out there. Here's smart. Here's odds. The church is the number one place in the United States of America to find love. And so we're going to try to do more of that. Let's, here's the chop thing. Number one. No, no, go ahead that, De- Lauren. Right there, what you had. The number one place in America's church. The number two place is a blind date. Here's the thing when when you're trying to get into romance and love and all that your brain won't allow you to see the real person You're looking at who knows that (laughs) who's experienced that your brain won't allow that. That is a fact jack Your brain won't let so here's where here's here's where your friends and family come in They can actually see you and see the other person that you know what you guys would make a great great match do you know that arranged marriages are as successful as you and I picking our partner? They're just as successful. Arranged marriages are, uh, is the way we do it. And the last one is online dating. There's so much pushback on this online dating. There's 40 million Americans online looking for love. 40 million. That's for about 40% of singles in America. About 40% because about 100 million singles in the United States of America. 20% of them get married. It seems like almost half the weddings I do today are people that met online. And I know you hear horror stories, but horror stories are not the norm. Success stories of online dating are actually the norm that we find. All right, let's go to quiz number three. What are men and women looking for in a partner? What are they looking for in a partner? Here we go. Uh, Education A appearance. (laughs) Yeah, man. Man, somebody's got really fast fingers out there. Okay. Okay. Nobody's choosing appearance. Wow. Okay. There you go. I, I I played with the results by saying that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Education, appearance, money, similar cultural background, sense of humor. You guys are so smart. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. All right, let's go with it. Uh, 45% of all people ranked a sense of humor as the single most important factor when choosing a romantic partner. Lighten up, Washingtonians. Man, lighten up. Please grab a appetite, all anxious, type A, hard-driving Washingtonians. My goodness, here's why you can't get a date. Lighten up a little bit, right? <laughs> so, Lighten up, baby. All right, okay, just one last one, everybody. All right, so n- number four. Uh, here we go. Who falls in love faster? Who falls in love faster, men or women? Huh? Men or women fall in love faster? Hmm. It's a race. It's a race. Wow. So who does Cupid's arrow hit first, a man or a woman? Women's got it by a nose. Are you guys... Texting out there okay, all right, close men are backing off just a little bit backing up they're backing away they're backing away okay all right Good. you guys are pretty sharp uh, men fall in love much faster than women do that is a that is a fact. all these findings I'm sharing with you are from a twenty five plus year study that the NIH put on. It's the longest study of its kind. Uh, Dr. Terry Orbach uh, wrote a book about this, about her findings from this study. So everything I'm giving you there and some of the things we've just talked about and things that we'll continue to talk about come from this study uh, from this NIH did it. Uh, Like I said, it's kind of of one of its kind. All right, so here we go. Uh, How do you find and keep love? So we're going to get real practical here this morning. How do you find and keep love? I have four things I'd like to share with you today about how to find and keep love. If you'd like to write this down, it's on the back of your bulletin, but you don't have to, whatever you'd like to do. All right, here's the number one, start something new. You want to start something new. God says that he is the God of new beginnings. God says in Isaiah 43, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Don't you perceive it? God likes to do new things. God likes to create new creations. God likes to do new. You see it all over the Bible. God likes to do new things. One of the things that God put on my heart for this entire year, I just want to share with you. I spent the whole summer praying about this. And one of the things that God put on my heart is that God wants to do a new thing in your marriage or in your journey towards marriage. God wants to do a new thing in your marriage or your journey towards marriage. You're married and you think, oh my gosh, Man, it's just, it's not working, it's stale, or maybe it's even bad." I'm, what I want to say to you is that I feel like God is really saying, I want to do a new thing in marriages and I want to do a new thing in people's lives who are journeying towards marriage. And by the way, that's 90% of the singles in the United States of America. 90% of the singles in the United States of America say, I would like to get married. 90%. It's kind of frustrating because there's, such, there's all this stuff going on out in society. Oh man, you can't want to get married. You'll look desperate. I sat with a group of about fifteen to twenty single women one night, and then after I, I got done with that group, I sat in a group of about ten to fifteen single guys, and in that group of fifteen or so plus single women, I said, "How many of you here would like to get married?" Not one raised their hand. Not one raised their hand. So I went to the guys. After I was done, I said, "Hey guys, you know what? None of them want to get married. You know what every guy said." liars liars they're all lying want, i'm just i want to put it out there okay i'm just going to put it straight out there there is nothing wrong in wanting to get married god put it in your heart God put that desire in your heart. You're not desperate. You're not a loser. God put it in your heart. The whole Bible begins with a wedding ceremony. The whole Bible begins with romance. Adam and Eve coming together. God's the efficient. He's the divine matchmaker. The desire you have in your heart for romance comes from God. Don't fight against it. All right, let me give you a fact about starting something new. Singles, ready? Listen to this very closely. Singles. A single person who changes just one behavior in their life for three weeks one behavior for three weeks you have twice the chance of finding love you double your chances of finding love one new thing for three weeks you start biking to work you decide to go to a different coffee shop it's a new thing you have doubled your chances you do that for three weeks You can't get more practical than that. Do something new for three weeks and you double your chances of finding love. You could go to a cooking class, a dance class. You could start biking. You start hiking. You go golfing. You can walk. I read a story about a guy who just said, you know what? I'm going to stop eating lunch at my desk and I'm just going to take a walk during my lunch break. And on his lunch break, it began storming and raining. So he ran underneath an awning and underneath the awning, what happened? He found love. He found love. Okay, (laughs) this is what happens. We get so stuck in routine, so stuck in routine. Listen to me. Apathy is your enemy, single person. Apathy is your enemy, and routine ruins romance. Remember this. Very important. This This is not me. This is a fact. Routine ruins romance. It ruins it. Do something new. All right, now, married people, I want to talk to you. A lot of people look at marriages, you know, I'm not going to get married because, you know, the people I know who are married, their marriages are stuck and it's, it's boring and they're not happy. Or, or, or you're here married today and you're like, oh man, it's okay. Or, or maybe it's even just bad. Maybe it's just, just bad. I'm going to give you something very, very simple of how to turn it from bad to good. This is very simple and this has actually been studied. This is a fact. Do something new. Husband. Listen up, wife, take your elbow right in the ribs right now, wake them up, wake them up, okay? I didn't see one wife hit an elbow. Is there any wife who's going to use the elbow this morning? Thank you very much. (laughs) Love you, love you very much. Okay, Uh, husband, this week, give me something new. Husband, this week, give me something new. All right? Don't say the new thing is I'm going to go out and golf and, you know. (laughs) Okay. You know, I, I talk about give me something new with her in mind, with her in mind that the two of you do together, okay? Wife, something new. Wife. Give me something new this week with him in mind. Something that he would really like. Because it is a proven fact when you introduce new things. The book of Revelation, chapter two, you have a group of people and we're told that they lost that loving feeling. They had lost their first love. And so God says them, Jesus actually says, he says, look, go back and do the things you did at first. What did you do at first? Everything was new at first. Every single thing you did was new at first. It was a bunch of new stuff all the time. And that newness ignited a fire in you. And I'm telling you this, this is a studied fact. If you'll introduce new things into your marriage, it'll reignite those feelings. You don't think it can live again. You don't think your marriage can be hot, smoking hot all over again. And what I'm telling you is it can, but you've got to reignite those new things. You do those new things and stuff started. So husbands, give me something new this week. Wife, give me something new this week. About uh, 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, Krista and I, um, we, maybe it's 15 because we'd been married about 10 years when we did this. Okay. So uh, we decided that we were going to, I don't know who instigated this. I actually think it might've been, it might've been me. You think it was you? Okay. All right. It was me. It it was, it was, it was, it was it was definitely me. I did it. So Crystal loves to dance. I can't, look, I am such a bad dancer. When, when she dances with me, she, like, talk to me. I can't talk because I can't concentrate, right? I can't, it's impossible. I have to be in the zone. I have to, this is really hard work for me. And I'm no good at dancing. I'm just being honest with you. So we said, we're going to sign up for a dance class here in Arlington County, right here at Barcroft Elementary School. That's just a, uh, a quarter of a mile from here, Barcroft Elementary School. So we go there. There's about, I don't know, 20 couples there. So there's 40 people in the room. And it's such a home run. You know why it's a home run? Because I'm doing something new, something I don't do, and something she absolutely loves to do. This is the kind of new thing. Now, look, when you do that, then all kinds of other stuff, there's like a ripple effect of things that happen. Here's the deal that happened. Just, in our, I'm going to tell you the story about our dance class. Uh, so um, the uh, there was a guy instructor. He's very good. He's great. He's a guy instructor. He was gay. And um, about the second or third class into it, I, he, he was winking at me all the time. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it first. Yeah, I mean, nervous twitch or something. I, I, you, but, but, you know, it was the, const, it was the, it was the constant winking. And um, we got to, wh- like, week four or five, and he started wanting to cut in. Not to dance with Krista, okay? <laughs> so... I'm dancing with him, all right? And she's standing there. I, guys, this is such a home run. Look, number one, I'm I'm doing something she loves. We're having a date every single week, and there's nothing that my wife loves more than to see me in a very awkward situation, like <laughs> embarrassed, and she just smiling. This is awesome. We left there, and she was on cloud, and I was hating it, but she was so happy about our relationship. I, you got to give me something new. You got to give me something new, guys go out, give something to husbands. Give me something new this week. Wife, give me something. No. Look, it should take wives like 15 seconds to think of something new. We've got to do something in a new place in a new way. You understand? I think you'll figure that out. But um, number two, number two, cut your what off? Cut, cut. What? What do you want to cut off? What? Cut your what off? Cut your work off. Cut your, cut your work off. Number two, cut your work off. Okay, look, Look, the Ecclesiastes says there's a time to work and there's a time not to work. There's a time to work and there's a time not to work. Are you ready? Singles? Are you still with me, singles? Is anybody, any single person with me here? Are you checked out? Thank you very much. Got two people over there with me. Singles, right here we go. Here's a fact, Jack. All right, singles who cut their work hours by one hour a day are much more likely to find love. Singles who cut their work hours by one hour a day are much more likely to find love, okay? Married people, married people, quit allowing work to ruin your marriage. Like quit bringing, let it, quit allowing it just to completely invade your homes with no boundaries. Quit allowing your bed just to become another workstation filled with laptops and phones. Cut it out. There is a time to work, and there's a time not to work. Work is killing American marriages. Work is killing American marriages. Close your laptops. Turn off your phones. Can anybody turn your phones off? Is, would, would that be possible? This is going to be hard. Do you think you can? This is, I'm looking at you right here like a deer caught in the headlights. Can you turn your phones off? Like, can, no. Okay. All right. All right. All right I tried okay try here's the thing New York Times recently came out with an article everybody and uh, they put people in the MRI thing and they just wanted to figure out what's going on in your brain when you see like pictures of your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your kids or your family or whatever and so they did and they showed pictures of people in the MRI thing and your brain fired up like this certain area of your brain that talks about love and all this all the juicy stuff right it just completely fired up okay so they did that and then they took the people's their phones and they had the phone go off so they could hear it ring and you know what happened? That area in your brain that talks about love, it fired up. Like we love our phones. It's like my we on the same level that we love our boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse and kids, that same thing fired up. Oh baby, I just love you so much. Think about what's going on. Please turn your phones off. Who's more addicted to their phone, men or women? Shout it out. Who's more addicted to their phone, men or women? women are more addicted to their phone. Women are more addicted to their, Women, please turn your phones off. Women feel more guilty and under more stress when they're not checking their phone. They want to check it all. I'm just saying, you're going to have to turn your phones off. You've got to rest and you've got to play together. Look, 25 years ago when I got married, The pastor who married us basically just said two things that I remember. He says, take time to pray together and play together. I'm telling you right now, married people, right now, that, that is brilliant that will change your relationship. Pray together every day. Pray together. It's hard to keep up fighting when you're holding each other's hands, you know what I'm saying? And you're praying together. I mean, there's something about that doesn't work. Pray together. Hold each other. Every single day. Every single day. Husband, take your wife. But you don't have to be a brilliant prayer person. Just pray. And the other thing is, play. They did a study with couples. They took couples and they said, okay, we're going to, they bound couples, to their wrists and their ankles together So they were all bound together and they took them through a maze that they had to like push this phone cylinder through and whoever did it the fa whatever married couple did it the fastest, they got this big prize. And so they played all day, this goofy, stupid, dumb game. They played this game all day and then they had a whole nother set of couples and they just had them do good tasks, but just kind of mundane tasks at the, and at the end of the day, between those two couples, the couples that played together rated their relationship off the charts where the mundane couples says, yeah, it's all right. That should say something to us. Play together. Play. Do something fun. God says in Genesis, He says, He blessed rest. He blessed rest. What does that mean? That means something deep. We can't go into it right now. But there's a blessing in resting. So cut your work off. Number three, get in a group. Get in a group. Ecclesiastes 4 4 says that two are better than one. We have to get connected. We have studies show that we are more likely to find love. You're listening. We're more likely to find love and keep love if we are talking with friends about love. We're more likely to. F- so this is why we encourage people to get in groups here all the time. And we pray all the time that grace would be a place where people could make meaningful friendships and relationships. You know Why? Because it has a powerful effect, and so the study shows that that people who are in a group with friends, they are much more likely to find and to keep love. And our groups, and our community groups that we have, we encourage talking, listening, learning, and praying. Okay, I'm not going to belabor uh, that point. I just want to say one other other thing. We're going to do this. City is so tough. Everybody on friendships it's so tough on relationships again how many people this city constantly is bringing in new people and those new people end up some of them find their way to grace community church and here's the story we hear over and over again you know what i used to live x place and it was just so easy to make friends and meaningful relationships i can't find in this city this city is just so there was a guy here last week from oklahoma and he's getting ready to move here he said you know i'm a big runner He said, i just want to ask you all a question um uh, w- when I go running, like if I'm on the bike path out running, is it okay here in D.C. like to say hi to people? Because when I run in Oklahoma, I wave to every single person, and I said, "Dude, you don't want to do that." <laughs> you know, you don't want to do that. Uh, my house is on the bike path. I had never seen anybody say hi to each other. All right, get out of the way. And the bikers, all you guys biking, what's with the attitude? <laughs> man, 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 come home, man. Killing me. Anyway, a few claps on that one. Okay, so. What was I talking about? Oh, oh, it's very difficult to make friendships. And and one of my prayers all the time is that grace will be a place where people can make meaningful friendships. So here's one thing that we're gonna begin to do once a month. We go to Ted's Montana Grill right up the street. So I'm gonna do this next week. And so if if you've been coming and you haven't, maybe you've been here from the beginning or maybe you're brand new today. We just wanna invite you to come to lunch. We're not going to pay for your lunch, okay? <laughs> come and have lunch, and, and, and I'm going to be there, and some other people from staff and stuff, or other people who are well-connected. We just want to help, help fight against this issue. So if you haven't meaningfully connected in this church or in this city, please come. So for the first one we'd like to do is it just, this is not going to happen all the time, but just the first one next week, and it's, it's in your bulletin, and it's all on the calendar, just singles, Listen, there's no program. We're not gonna try to match you up. We we just wanna have lunch and hang out and get to know each other because this city chews up relationships very, very badly. So get in a group. All right. Finally, let the truth free you come on let the truth free you we're so bound up with ideas we're so bound up you know it's like the group that i asked you want to get married nobody raised their hand come on 90 percent of us who are single want to get married there's the truth there's the truth god put it in our hearts for that to happen here is what i know here's what i know about singles there's a whole bunch of us that god wants wants you to get married i just know that you know how i know that i read the bible And right at the beginning of the Bible, it's not, I mean, come on. You start the Bible and the first thing you run into is God becomes a divine matchmaker. It's like one of his first roles. Did that ever grab your attention? He's like divine matchmaking. And it looks like he's officiating the very first wedding. That'd be pretty cool to have God as your pastor at your wedding. And he's bringing Adam and Eve together. God, here's the truth. God put romance in your heart. God put romance. No use denying it. No use saying, oh, no, uh uh-uh. God put it in our hearts and he is bringing together. The second thing is this. Here's truth. Men fall in love faster. You see it in the Bible and you see it in studies. Romance. God, here we go. We're almost done. God put romance, the desire for romance, the desire to commit to one woman in every man's heart. Put that desire in your heart don't deny it don't fight it we, we, we fight against it it's frustrating uh, as men we frustrate ourselves because we run away from it he said well john you know what's the problem the thing i hear all the time: well men are afraid of commitment they won't want to settle down they don't want to pursue here's what i you they're afraid of commitment they won't settle down they won't pursue and i want to tell you this but it's in them to want to do those things because god put it in them to want to do those things it's there it's clearly there They want how. how do we know this? What are the greatest guy movies of all time. What are the greatest guy movies of all time, right? Braveheart is usually top of the list somewhere. One, two, three. What's it about? It's about a guy who's pursuing the love of his life. Is he afraid to commit? No, no, he's actually ready to die for her. He's like, I will die for you. And you know who loves that movie? Guys do. You know why? Because they desire, they aspire to be that man. They aspire to be that man. Gladiator, fellas what's that about he's ready to die for her he's pursuing her he's loving her he's committed is he committed for a day or a week no he's like committed like cut my head off i'm committed that's how committed because it's in a guy to want to be committed and to want to pursue that way i got another We're going to show you this video clip maybe some of you it's a, a movie from quite a few years back but um anyway it's pretty famous so here we go let's show the video i've been doing a lot of thinking thing is, I love you. What? I love you.
1: How do you expect me to respond to this?
0: How about you love me, too?
1: How about I'm leaving?
0: Doesn't what I said mean anything to you?
1: I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here. Tell me you love me and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way.
0: Well, how does it work?
1: I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your
0: nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes, and I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night.
1: And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. See? That is just like you, Harry. You say things like that, and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you, Harry. I really hate you.
0: Well, we had to cut it off there. Okay. Uh, This is what's in a guy's heart to pursue and to commit. I want to give you guys permission to do that. I want to give you permission to fight against the grain, fight against all this other stuff that's out there. This is who you are. I want to give you permission to do that. Do we see this in the Bible? We see this in the Bible. We see a guy, studies show that guys fall in love faster. Studies show that guys say, I love you much sooner than their romantic partner is willing to say it. And we see this reflected in the scripture. Let's go to the, let's go to the scripture tape. Genesis chapter two, God put the man into a deep sleep. God performs the first surgery and he uh, and he slept as he slept he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh then God used the rib that he had taken from the man to make a woman and presented her to the man. Here's what the man says. He said, Finally, ha-ha, this is bone of my bone, and this is flesh of my flesh. Name her woman. Now, you don't get all the emotion that's there in the Hebrew, but this guy is beside himself. He's like, yes, finally, here she is. It's not like Adam said, oh... Okay, God. Uh, thank you. That's okay. Uh, just put her over there with the zebras. You know, I, I'll, I'll get to her at some point. You know, he's like, whoa, she's blowing my mind. I love her. I love her. This is who men are. They pursue and they commit, and they're the ones that say, I love you first. Is that a fact? It's a fact. This is what guys do. I remember the first time I told Krista, I love you. It was a huge, I'm not a love guy. I'm not like I walk around, hey, baby, I love you. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm not, I don't, I just, some people are that way. I have a cousin that's way. Everybody loves them. I don't. I don't. So when I said, I love you, it was a big event. I mean, it was a big event. Like I, I felt it uh, coming on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right where we were. We were near WNL High School. We were at Hayes Park. It's across from I- Arlington Science Focus Elementary School on North Lincoln Street. Well, <laughs> there you go. We were right there in that park. And I remember coming to them. I was sweating. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I said, Krista, I have something to say to you. She's like, what? What do, you have, what do you have to say? And I'm just, I'm swallowing. I'm just sweating. I, I said, uh, it was a long pause. And I finally said, I love you. And you know what she said back? She's the same thing that Eve said back. You read the story, Eve says nothing. She says nothing. Adam's like, Adam's like baby, I love you, finally, bone of my bone. Eve's just silent. You know what Krista did? Silence. I'm thinking, she's going to say, I love you back, or you're also, oh, I love you too, something like that. No, here's what I remember. Specifically remember. Her eyes. I remember her eyes. And her eyes kept darting from one of my eyeballs to the other, right? Like like boring into It's like click, 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 just... What are you doing? Say something, nothing. Silence. Silence, And it went that way for five minutes and I'm waiting, sweating. Click, 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 click. And I finally said, I guess we should leave. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing's gonna happen and nothing happens. She still hasn't said she loves me, right? All these years later, nothing's happened. God has pre- genetically pre-programmed men to want to pursue, commit, and say, I love you. Here's it, ladies. God, guys, you need to know this. Ladies, you need to know this. God has pre-programmed women to be cautious and they, selective. All these things going on in my mind. So when the click, click's going on, click, 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 wondering, boring into me, she's wondering, are you, are you going to provide for me? This is the way been Wired. Are you going to provide? Are you going to protect me? Are you going to pursue me? Those three P's just rolling. It's like a computer. It's like smoke coming out of the brain. Just thinking that. Oh, they want, they want to know that. Will they? Will they do that? Guys, I want to give you permission to be the man that God created you to be. I want to give you permission to be the husband, to be the pursuer to be the man, to be the single guy that God created. Now, we started this whole thing by talking about trust. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? Who's your daddy? Remember, we started there. Who's your daddy? Who are you going to trust with your romantic relationships? If you trust God, then you're going to do something new, single or married. If you trust God, you're going to do something new. If you trust God, you're not going to allow work to invade. If you trust God, you're going to get connected with other people. And if you trust God, you're going to dispel all those myths and all those lies and you're going to act on being the person that God created you to be. If you trust God. Some of us today have never put our trust in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to tell you, that's a great place to start. It's an awesome place to start. Walter White didn't trust anybody but himself. He tried to save himself and it ended in a disaster. And what I'm here to tell you is, You can't save you. Nobody can save you. you got to have Jesus Christ come down right into your mess and pull you out of whatever hole that you might find yourself into. And if you say, Jesus, save me, rescue me, he will do that. I want to give every single guy, every married guy, permission to be the person that God has created and designed you to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord for how practical and powerful your word is. I want to ask your blessing over every single marriage here today. God, I ask that you would do a new thing in every single marriage. I ask that you would reignite love. I ask, God, for those couples here whose marriage is either stale or it's just downright terrible, that, God, that you would do an amazing work in every marriage, that you would give hope and encouragement today by the power of your spirit at work in this room right now that you would do a new thing. God, I want to ask for every single person here who is not married and it's in their heart because you put it in their hearts to be married. God, I ask that you would operate, as we see in the scripture, as that divine matchmaker and that you would bring people together and that we would function the way that you have created us to function and we would not be embarrassed about that. That we would be the people you have designed us to be. Father, create those divine matches in Christ's holy name amen thanks for listening to this week's message grace community church a church for people who don't go to church meets on sundays at 9:30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in arlington virginia connect with us anytime at trygrace.org